Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, so glad that you're joining with us online, each of our campuses. Um, I want to invite you, please, and if you're online, I want you to do this as well, just out loud, to read with me this word from God. Everybody, please, here we go. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, a couple of questions about this. Would anybody here say with me, but there's sometimes I just don't feel like it? I love those hands like this. My other question is this, why? Like, God, why do we need to do this? Is this one of those times that God is just kind of like responding to us like a parent? I know when I was a teenager and I asked my parents something and they would say, because I said so, it would drive me crazy. So any parents out there want to drive your kids crazy? Just, you know, give them the, oh, like, just because I said so line. Now, do you think that's what God's doing here? Hey, God, why do we need to give thanks um, in all circumstances? Because I said so. Meaning kind of like, and he really drops the hammer with this, because it's my will. It's my will for you in Christ Jesus. Like, okay, okay, really? Or do you think that God is saying this because he wants to share something good? He wants to share his wisdom with us? individual by the name of Dr. Robert Emens, PhD, University of California. But um, what's noteworthy is the research that he has done, years and years leading research teams, on the impact of gratitude on the human. And this is not just you know, in the United States, this is like worldwide. And he has noted, after these years and years and years of research, there are eight effects that gratitude has on individuals. Interested? I've actually got them in your notes, but I'm going to just go take you through them real quickly right here. He notes that one, gratitude will enhance your well-being, both physically as well as psychologically. He notes that gratitude deepens relationships. Three, gratitude improves optimism. Four, gratitude will increase your happiness. Five, gratitude strengthens self-control. Six, get this, gratitude strengthens athleticism. How many are still athletes here? I mean, probably makes you a better armchair quarterback, too. I mean, it strengthens your athleticism. Seven, gratitude strengthens neurologically-based morality. Just amazing. Neuroscientists um, have now confirmed with him that that same area of your brain that activates in times of gratitude is the same area that shows judgment and morality. And then lastly, sums it up this way. Gratitude leads to an overall better life. Why is gratitude, why is thankfulness so important? I'm thinking we've got some of the wisdom of God here. In fact, I think that gratitude is the greatest of all attitudes. I think that gratitude feeds all other positive attitudes in our life. But way more than what, what I think, and whether you agree with that or not, Jesus has some very, very important things to be able to share with us, in fact, to gift to us. And so I want to invite you to look with me at an instance that he just kind of opens up our eyes and our hearts and our life 
to the power of gratitude and what it can do in our lives. So if you haven't have a Bible with you, I'm gonna ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. If you've got a Bible app on your phone, open it up, go over with me to Luke chapter 17. I think you'll get even more out of it if you just kind of follow along with me here. It starts out verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed, that is, they were healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise, go. Your faith has made you well. Cool stuff here, but we are not going to even scratch the surface of our understanding or appreciation of it without first understanding the plight of a leper in Jesus' day. Now, this is what's gonna get really, really hard for us because we're not going to be able to come close to understanding the despair, the difficulty, the absolute agony of life a person with leprosy in Jesus' day or in biblical times lived with. You see, from the very moment that you were told you have leprosy, the bottom of your life literally is going to fall out from underneath you. You are going to be taken at that pronouncement and you are going to be led outside of the city, never allowed to come in it again. You can't go home. You are not gonna be able to hug or kiss your loved ones goodbye because you are not allowed to come within 50 yards. Some sources say 100, we'll just go with the lower. You're not allowed to come within 50 yards of another human being that doesn't have leprosy. Think about it, that's half a football field. That's the closest you're gonna be able to get to anybody. 50 yards, kinda hard to carry on a conversation in 50 yards, isn't it? Anything you had, it's just like gone to you because you can't go back and get it and it's not gonna be able to be brought out to you as well. If you had money, it doesn't do you any good because as soon as you touch something, nobody else would touch it or have anything to do with it again. You know that physically, leprosy is going to wreck you. It is going to take a, an ugly physical toll upon your body. But mentally, you talk about torture, mentally in the isolation, in the hopelessness, it's just gonna get worse and worse for you. Talk about mental illness and depression that is oppressive on a person. Honestly, a person's life, when they hear the words leprous, is ruined. That was the case for all 10 of these individuals. That's what they were living in. Begin to imagine that. Yet this day, whether they had heard about Jesus and kind of tracked him down at a distance, or whether their paths just happened to be crossing that day, when they realized that's Jesus over there, at at least 50 yards, they just begin crying out to him, 
Jesus, Jesus, we're over here. Would you please, 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 would you have pity on us? Jesus, as well as the other people with him, I mean, they're like, those are lepers over there. Everybody else is just kind of like pulling back because of the fear, the contagiousness of this. And Jesus sees him and he's just like, hey, I see you. Yeah, you're good. Go show yourselves to the priest. With that, he was saying to them, yes, I am going to help you. And the priests are your gateway back into life again. So they do. They just head off to see the priest in Jerusalem. And while they're going, one looks down, maybe at his hands or looks over at one of his companions there. And he sees clean skin, no leprosy, all the effects, the maladies that had come physically upon them, they are healed. And even more than they're physically healed, they are free to live again, to come back into society, to enjoy all that life has to offer. That's, that's a day, right? I mean, like, that is amazing. And one of them, he breaks off, and he kind of turns around, and he's like, you know, where's Jesus? Jesus is over there. And he's, just, he's like shouting. You can't keep him quiet. In fact, the Bible uses, it says with a loud voice, it's actually megaphone, or what we say megaphone with. I mean, he's just shouting out, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. You can hear him coming, and he is coming at a run, which means I think the other nine heard him and this, you know, you know, shouts and carrying on that was going on as he took off toward Jesus as they were making their way um, toward the priest still. And as he comes running, I mean, I think the crowd parts because he literally, he, he comes running up and he throws himself at Jesus' feet. You can only begin to imagine this, but you got to start to imagine it. Here's this individual at Jesus' feet and he is just thanking him over and over and over again. Words are so, you know, limited at this point. The word when it says he thanked him, it's the same word, thanks and gratitude. It's the same word in the Bible. It's you, caristo. You means good. Caristo means to bestow kindness or blessing upon somebody. So it's a good kindness or blessing that's bestowed upon a person. And he's just thanking Jesus for this goodness and the gratitude that he has that's going on. Now, if that's not a scene enough, because there's a lot of other people with Jesus. Jesus, it's like he ignores this person that's holding on to his feet. And he just goes like, hey, wait, wait, wait. He goes like, I got a question. Like, weren't all 10 of the lepers healed? Everybody's like. And then here, but Where are the nine? Where are the other nine at? One of the things that's really important to remember when we're going back to the scripture, that God can speak to us in a full voice is this. Words are always spoken with emotion. We read them here, right? I mean, it's just really easy to read the words. We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? But when Jesus said it, he said it with emotion in his voice. When we speak, we speak with emotion, right? You can tell what a person's saying by the emotion in their voice. And I'm wondering, do you think Jesus had the emotion of anger? Like he sees this one, he goes, Weren't, didn't I heal 10 people? You think Jesus is going like, where the heck 
are the other nine? Would that, I mean, was that what you would have been saying? Like, I'm thinking, I could have said that. I don't think that was the case. But to hear a sadness or a frustration, a disappointment. Weren't 10 healed? Where are the other nine? Nobody else has come back to give thanks. And the disappointment that Jesus feels, not because he's been slighted, but because he knows there is so much more that was waiting for them. You can feel that ache. I think it's really important for us just to remember today that when God accompanies us in our lives, and he said, hey, I want you to give thanks and all thanks. When we fail to give thanks to God, do you think that you also convey disappointment to him? I mean, it's easy to think, hey, God's a big boy. <laughs> God, he doesn't care whether I give thanks or not. Or does he? There's emotion with Jesus. And then he just looks down. It's almost like he said what he needed to to everybody around him, but then he looks down at this individual and goes like, hey, friend. He goes, get up, rise, and go your way now. Your faith has made you well. Now ask yourself, what did Jesus mean by that? Because this man who he's saying, get up and go your way, he was healed before he ever got back to Jesus. There's something else that's going on here. And I think it's in that word sozo. The word sozo means saved. Scripture says, your faith has sozoed you. And in the New Testament, sozo either means to be physically saved, to save your life, or it means spiritually be saved, to save your soul. In this case, it was a saving of your soul. There was a salvation that had come back through faith. And that's right in line, of course, with the scripture because it tells us, for by grace we are saved through faith. That not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of our own works, lest anyone should boast. So this person has gotten so much more than just a physical healing that day. And Jesus blesses him and sends him on his way. And knowing then what we know from the scripture, there are two principles that I wanna share with you to take with, and then an action step that I think is going to be life-giving for every single one of us and right in line with this wisdom of God. The first principle that we take away from what Jesus has um, given to us here is this, and that is that gratitude offers us more. You might wanna write these down, these two principles today. Gratitude offers us more. Gratitude brings us more more. There was more that Jesus had to offer, and he wanted all 10 to be able to receive it. God had so much more, yet that day, 10 people, they were gloriously healed, but how many people were gloriously saved? Yeah, it's kind of hard when I'm pointing one finger like this, right? <laughs> like, ah, how, many, how many fingers am I holding? Like, like, like the what was given was amazing, but what was lost even trumps that. God's grace, it isn't limited to our gratitude, right? I mean, all 10 received 
miraculous healing that day. But God, through gratitude, wants to bring us more into our lives, get this, that he wouldn't bring into our lives without gratitude. You follow me? God wanted all 10, not just to have physical healing, but a spiritual saving to go on as well. But unfortunately, only one of them received what it was that God wanted to be able to give them. If we think about those two groups, you got the, you got the one who's grateful, that's the grateful group, and you got the nine who are ungrateful, and the proportion's probably right, you know, that way in life today. Which group would we get put in if we just kind of look back at the last 12 months of our life? Are we characterized by living gratefully and expressing gratitude, or would we be kind of like just going our way and taking the blessings of God as they come to us that way? The second principle is that gratitude saves. See, just as faith saves us, gratitude saves us as well. Faith brings us into relationship with God, but gratitude can save us from the spirit of our age. And the spirit of our age, would that be of entitlement and of ingratitude? Naturally, what comes to you? Naturally, we bend it toward these other things. Gratitude can cause us, I mean, ingratitude can cause us to miss so much of the good that God wants to bring to us in our lives. And think about this saving factor. Think about what it is that God wants to be able to do in us as well. Because the spirit of entitlement, the spirit of ingratitude, spirit of our age, it robs us and it blinds us. And I think this dynamic of actually being blinded by ingratitude, it's one of the things that like just can go over our head. When we read in Romans chapter one, verse number 21, these words, that although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. So see what happens. Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And the same thing can take place in our lives today too. We know God, but when we miss out on responding to God and the things that are going on, there's a great, great loss that can, that can happen. Now, here's real life, right? Real life would say this. For every one of us, there is somebody that's got a bigger house, a newer car, nicer or shinier stuff or more stuff or some stuff that we wish we had that we didn't have. That's true, right? It means it's true for all of us. So that's reality. There's stuff out there we can be envious of or covetous of. But it's equally true that every one of us, we have a place to go to lay our head tonight. We've got something to drive. We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot that we could be thankful for. We could be if we chose that because gratitude is always a choice. It's always an action on our part. Um, if you're married in here, um, just want to ask a quick question. For those that are married, you can do this online just by acknowledging that with the raised hand button. Um, for those of you who are married, how many are married to a perfect person? You have a perfect spouse. Can I just see your hands right now? Yeah, I know, this is what you call catch-22, right? Like, yeah. 
My wife was here, uh, she's here last night and she saw a few people raise their hand and she said, I laughed out loud. And I was like, ha! <laughs> Even though I'm not married to a perfect person, though I will go on record as near a perfect person as you can get, even though my wife isn't perfect, what I've learned is this, the more grateful I am for her, the more gratitude that I express to her, not manipulative, not fake in it, but really, the, here's the thing I've got to be grateful for. You know what? The more enriching that relationship comes and the closer that we grow together. Honestly, I don't know how you feel. Honestly, the very fact that I've got somebody that loves me, I've got a lot to be grateful for. If I were to ask you, um, how many here have parents that have a flaw or two to them? And if they're sitting with you, I wouldn't raise your hand, but you can like, same thing would apply. I mean, you can pick at your parents. You go like, my parents, you know, they're not fair. They don't understand me. They make life hard on me. And all those things may be true, but hear me. Because if you want to change this school year for yourself, you want to change your home environment, if you will express, if you'll just be grateful for the parents that you have and grateful for, for what the, is they do for you, the more grateful you are for them, hear me, the more your parents actually become decent human beings. It's amazing. And, and we can talk about work, right? We can talk about, you know, we can talk about church. And then we can kind of bottom line it this way, though. There is no downside to gratitude. In fact, would you say that with me, everybody? There is no downside to gratitude. But there's so much that it offers to us. There's so much good that it can bring to us. Now we're starting to think, I'd be crazy if I wasn't living gratefully, if I wasn't you know, expressing gratitude more. And how do we do that? Well, here's our, here's our takeaway. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to join me. I'm gonna say, as a church, everyone here, um, friends, visitors, guests alike, here's what we're gonna do for the rest of this month. We are going to record, we're gonna write down three things that we're grateful for, for every day. Three things that you're grateful for, you're just gonna write them down every day. I started this about a month ago in, in my notebook. And I'll tell you this, I think I've got a, I've got a, a spring in my step. There's a different outlook that I'm, I have in life right now because of what's going on here. But this is, this is really cool. I wish I'd have had this a month ago. If you got your phone with you right now and you've got the Fox River app, would you just open it up real quick? what I'm doing right here. So you open up your Fox River app and you're gonna see there this tab, Grateful Living Gratitudes. I love that word, gratitudes. Here's my gratitudes. I got three gratitudes every day. And you just hit that tab. What you're gonna do is right there, number one, there's just a little place you can enter three things you're grateful for today. And you just put them right in there and save them. And these are just going to continue on throughout the month that way. If you don't have the app, go ahead. You can download it right now. That's fine. You can listen while we're talking here. And by putting these down, recording them in there, it's like you're carrying it with you. You can do it as something that strikes you that day. But by the end of the day, you're going to have three different things in here. Now, our communications team, they went above and beyond themselves when they built this. They actually gave, there's uh, 21 different um, insights in here to gratitude. It's kind of opening up to us a little bit more what's going on and taking place. Now, if you're stuck when you're getting, you know, getting started, like, what would I do? I mean, like three things every day. Am I going to run out of things? Hear me, we are swimming in a sea of blessings. We're swimming in a sea of things that we could be grateful for. So you can just grab an area like, 
you know, take your senses. Today, I'm grateful that I can see you. In fact, I'm grateful that I can see in color. I can see the green and gold that's out there. And I know that you know, like you're sanctified people, right? I'm thankful for my glasses. Because my glasses make a big difference in life. I could live without them, but I live way better with them. Think about your relationships. You know, what, what do you have to be thankful for in them and the different aspects of that? You could walk your house and you could fill, I mean, you could fill it up. You walk in your house today and you go like, oh, I'm thankful for my refrigerator. Open it up. Oh, I'm thankful I got food in my refrigerator. Oh, I got a stove. I'm thankful I got a stove. I mean, this isn't going to be complicated, but it is going to be significant. But the only way you're going to realize the benefits of it is if you do it. And the nice thing about the app, you can share it with others. I mean, you can just share it with other people in your family that way. Because once you put your three things down, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Thank God. Now, I figure by, you know, the end of this month, our lives are going to have done this. Because this is kind of how life goes, and especially life in COVID, right? There's going to be some good days, and there's going to be some bad days. And in the good days, we're going to give thanks to God in all things. And in the bad days, what are we going to do? We're going to give thanks, not for the difficulties, not for the pain that we're going through, but for the other things that we can and watch how that affects and impacts us. Honestly, an ungrateful Christian should be an oxymoron. I mean, a complete contradiction in terms. But you and I both know this. Naturally, we slide away from gratitude rather than toward it, which is one of the reasons why God tells us what he tells us we can, we can experience the more. We can see how gratitude saves us. And hear me, friend. For everyone that's trusted Jesus, he has more for you. He has so much more. And he wants you to open yourself up to it. Now, if you haven't trusted Jesus yet, by all means, you need to write down three things each day that you're thankful, that you're grateful for. And here's why. It will open you up more to God in your life and to Jesus. Because the scripture tells us this. It says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the kindness of God. Some people think, you know, boy, I, I gotta become a Christian because, you know, I don't wanna go to hell. God's going to judge me. He's going to strike me down. God's just like, I am so misunderstood because I'm doing goodness after kindness after goodness after kindness so that you would realize who I am and that you would open yourself up to me. When we realize what Jesus has done for us, he died on the cross for our sins, our willful sins. He's risen again. He offers us something even greater than a healing from leprosy. He offers us eternal life. There's people from Fox River. They've stepped into eternal life this past week. Sad here, glorious for them there. Jesus said, this is what I want to offer you as well. And if you're ready today to receive Jesus as your savior, I'm gonna invite you to pray with me. Before we do, 
Let's read one more time. This word from God to us as we firm up this commitment that I am going to live gratefully. And I'm gonna write down my three things every day for the rest of this month. Everyone together, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, for clarity. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for giving us something. So many times we don't even realize how powerful it is. But if we will just do what you've asked us to, we will realize that in our lives. For our friends that are ready to trust you, Jesus, as their savior. And their prayer is this, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you've risen again. And I know that I need your saving grace in my life, your forgiveness, your help. And I come to you today and ask you for that salvation. Would you please save me? If that's your prayer, friend, today's the first time that you're asking Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. Can I ask you, just lift a hand wherever you're at, saying, guy, that's exactly what I'm doing. It is the thing that I am most grateful for to be able to be received by Jesus today. The balcony, sure. Others, just wave with me for a second. Thank you. Thank you again, Jesus, for amazing and saving grace. We pray this in your name and give you the glory. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.